Tonight's episode of Midnight Tea is brought to you in part by Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. fellow goths, horror enthusiasts, and children of the sun and moon. I am your humble Los Angeles witch, Moonchild Nil, and welcome to another episode of Midnight Tea. Well, folks, I was able to make another episode happen for you tonight. Now, originally in my last episode, I had said that there was not going to be an episode this week, and that was mostly because I had some other personal business to attend to, which I did, and I figured you know what, I have the time, let me go ahead and release at least a mini episode. So you'll notice that this episode will run a little shorter than the usual ones that are run anywhere between half an hour to 45 minutes. This one is going to be more in the 30-ish minutes category. Um, Because a lot of good horror events are coming up, movies to talk about and things to review that I didn't want to keep you hanging for another week if I didn't have to. So yes, guys, here's a little mini bonus episode for this week until the next one comes out, which there will not, and this is 100% a guarantee, will not be another episode next week, Friday, as I do have a lot of things to attend to, um, both personal and both uh, eventful. So there will be no new episode on Friday, October 1st, but there will be an episode Friday into Saturday, Friday, October 8th into the 9th. Um, That episode, actually, (laughs) let me rephrase that. That episode might come out actually a little later. That episode will probably release on Sunday for a particular reason. But let me tell you when I say it'll be worth the wait. Um, That episode will, um, the episode on, which will be released on Sunday, October 10th, will have a special guest involved. So I'm really looking forward to that one. So yes, no new episode after this until October 10th. But thank you guys so much for being incredibly patient with me as I'm getting all these things handled. And when I say personal, please don't think it's something bad or nothing <laughs> or anything like that. Nothing bad is happening. It's just some some things I have to take care of and it takes precedence over the podcast, unfortunately. But thank you guys for still coming back and checking in every week. I'm loving all the messages that I'm seeing from you guys. I am going to try my best to squeeze in a listener-friendly ask question in tonight's episode. It probably will just be a short one this time around, but thank you nonetheless. Anyway, let's get this episode started. And as usual, I have to start with my disclaimer that tonight's episode may contain strong language, possible spoilers for books and media, and dark topics. So this is your viewer or listener, discretion advised. So guys, tonight we're going to start this episode of this podcast by talking about new horror releases that are coming out. It just seems like every horror movie has jumped up a bit because 2020 we were sufficiently lacking in quality horror and I feel like now we're finally getting all that made up in spades. So first movie I really want to talk about is, believe it or not, we have a Paranormal Activity 7 coming our way. 
Just when you thought they finished the franchise, they revived it somehow, and now we are getting a seventh movie, which, admittedly, even me as a fan of the franchise, did we really need a Paranormal Activity 7? The trailer just got dropped as of about a week ago, and the movie, the movie's title in total is Paranormal Activity Next of Kin. Okay, I, I, I don't know what to make of that, but from what I see of the trailer, it looks like Paranormal Activity went Amish. But why though? Um, it's a little weird. Um, from what I can read of online synopsis that is out about the movie thus far, it says something about a woman is going to an Amish community to try to reclaim or understand the roots of her heritage while odd things are happening as she's there with a documentary t- of of a documentary team who want to record and catalog and document her experience of getting to learn about the mother she never knew and the culture in which her mother grew up in um cool i guess i i don't 100% understand where this is going also i'm wondering if this is going to be a side story in the same vein as Paranormal Activity, the marked ones? Or are we looking at a completely different story that just so happens to have Paranormal Activity in the title? Um, I am deeply curious. I don't know if I'm going to see this when it releases immediately or if it will be coming to a streaming service. But your girl will eventually check this out and I will give a full review of it when the time comes. The slated date for the release of this movie is October 29th, 2021, so very close to the weekend of Halloween, which, I'm gonna be honest, not thrilled about seeing that so close to Halloween, when I'd much rather see Halloween Kills, which is gonna be coming out on October 15th, and I might just push that back to go see that closer to Halloween night, if not Halloween night. Because, let's be honest guys, the last few Paranormal Activities didn't really bring the thunder, uh, I will hope I will wholeheartedly be the first to admit that I think Paranormal Activities 1, 2, and 3 were pretty solid gems. By the time we got to the fourth, I was deeply confused on what exactly I should be expecting from this franchise. And 5 being the marked ones, which is a side story, but it still connects to the main storyline. And the last one being Paranormal Activity 6, The Ghost Dimension, I believe is what it's called. Um, was okay. Not not in love, but it was alright. And I, what I find interesting about most of the Paranormal Activity movies is the endings are different depending on which version you see. If you saw it in theater, you saw a different... If you saw it in theaters, you saw a different version. If you saw it on Blu-ray, you got a different ending. Like, a lot of people don't know that the first Paranormal Activity has three endings. And the one I saw, because I saw it on... I saw it at home. I got a different ending from what we got in the theaters which is not canon or canonical to the what to the events that happened in Paranormal Activity 2. So I don't know guys, I'm I I'm not wowed by this trailer, but I'm also a very critical person when it comes to s- selling me the thunder in these movies. So with that being said guys, if you want to check it out, go and check out the trailer for Paranormal Activity Next of Kin on YouTube and give me your thoughts about this because even I don't know how to feel about it just yet. 
So moving on to one that was a trailer that actually shook the shit out of me, and I'm deeply excited for this one, is an upcoming movie called Nightmare Alley. This movie is slated to be released on December 17th, and this seems a little more of a thriller than a horror movie in general. And it comes to us from one of our brilliant horror masterminds, Guillermo del Toro, as if this man isn't doing everything in his power to continue being badass, and he's succeeding. So he's doing this movie that is based off of a 1946 novel by the same name. And listen to this cast that we have that's going to be in this movie. Bradley Cooper, Kate Blanchett, Tony Collette, William Defoe, Richard Jenkins, Rooney Mara, Ron Perlman, and David Strathairn. Holy shit. Like, where did you get these people from? This is a pretty solid cast. And I'm pretty excited. Now... I've never read the book Nightmare Alley, and I think, honestly, now that I'm back into reading my books heavily again on my Kindle, because I have the uh, app library card on my Kindle, um, the one I use is called Overdrive, and I'm starting to read audiobooks again, and if Nightmare Alley is there, I might actually just pick it up and read it. Now, is it loosely based on the novel? Is it similar enough to the novel? I have no clue. I'll get a chance to read it, but the trailer so far shows a man that he seems to have psychic abilities, maybe telekinesis of some sort, and he is in a sideshow carnival, like a freak show carnival, and I guess murders happen? It, it's very film noir. It kind of has a little bit of that 1940s film noir that looks pretty interesting, but at the same time, I don't 100% know where it's going, but I think that they sold enough sizzle for me to want the steak, if have if you've ever heard that saying, when you sell when you show a trailer or you're trying to whet the appetite of somebody for something for the anticipation, you want to sell the sizzle and not the steak, because the steak is what's gonna bring is what keeps you there. The sizzle's what's bringing you in. So yeah, Nightmare Alley looks incredibly interesting. I'm very excited to check this movie out. The slated release date is December 17th, 2021. It's going to be released through Searchlight Pictures, which is a subsidiary of 20th Century Fox. And what can I say? This looks really, really good. If you haven't gotten a chance to check out the trailer for Nightmare Alley, I highly recommend you check it out on YouTube and see what all the fuss is about because this might be a, a thriller slash horror movie that might actually get me into theaters on opening night. Well guys, keeping in the vein of upcoming movies, this one isn't horror, but this one goes out to people like me who are massive Harry Potter nerds. I know you're out there. I know you're listening. This one is for you. And if you know that I'm talking Harry Potter, you know I am talking about the reveal that we are getting our next Fantastic Beasts movie. This one being called The Secrets of Dumbledore. Um, As a lot of you know, and we're going to talk spoiler here for a second. As we all know, we were left with a massive cliffhanger at the end of Fantastic Beasts and the Crimes of Grindelwald that we were left with the possibility that there is an unspoken Dumbledore sibling. And there's a lot of questions that need to be answered with this movie. Now, I know a lot of things have also happened between our love for JK and the Harry Potter universe. And I'm I'm using the, the term Harry Potter universe as an umbrella term because Fantastic Beast is in that universe. It just came a good 70 or so years before Harry Potter, before the Harry Potter adventure we all know and love. 
excuse me. So there was no trailer necessarily, but every Harry Potter fandom, anything I follow on any social media was like, oh my God, we are now getting the third Fantastic Beast movie. And for some of you who might not know, the Fantastic Beasts series is going to be five movies long and five screenplay slash books long. Um, That number could possibly change as, you know, with Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, that book was split into two movies. Who knows what that might mean for Fantastic Beasts. And as we all know and love Harry Potter... A lot of people can agree that um, Fantastic Beasts doesn't really run along the same vein of interest. I tend to kind of disagree. It's a very apples to oranges situation because as me myself personally, I did not grow up with Harry Potter. Like I didn't immediately attract myself to the books. I wasn't in the fandom easily until my late teens. Um, As a matter of fact, I actually only bought my first Harry Potter book, which was The Deathly Hallows first edition signed by J.K. Rowling way back in 2007 when I first moved back to California. So I I didn't gravitate immediately to the story. Even now, I'm only still reading the books, which I'm still stuck on The Half-Blood Prince, because I'm going to be honest, um, Order of the Phoenix was not my favorite book by any means. So it, it hurt my love for the story a bit, but Half-Blood Prince is growing on me. I'm already about halfway through that book. And um, of course, I have Deathly Hollows to finish afterwards. And don't even get me started on. But yes, I did already read Cursed Child. And anyway, but for the Fantastic Beasts series, I have read the screenplay books. um, The the only two that are available at the moment. And I did actually read the audiobook of Fantastic Beasts, which is actually about just the creatures. It's not the screenplay story that was actually read by Eddie Redmayne, which I highly recommend it, especially if you're not into necessarily reading books or you're like me and you're on the go too much to sit down and hold a book in your hands. Audiobooks is a great way to go. I'm not sponsored by them by any means, but I love advertising the joy of reading. I am actually a very big reader nowadays. So if you're also like me too, you were kind of hurt a little by Crimes of Gwindavall because I was excited for the character of Lita Lestrange who had only been mentioned in the first book, but the second movie, she's like a third of the main story. Which, my problem with Crimes of Grindelwald is there's so much story. There's way too much in one story. I really felt like had they split Crimes of Grindelwald into two, there would have been way more of a cohesive story. I don't even think Lita should have been a big deal in the book or in the story of Crimes of Grindelwald, at least until they made a second half of the movie. Um, If they split it into two, I mean. So the first half could just be the journey of Credence, just trying to figure things out, Newt trying to find... um, Newt trying to find Tina, which... eh, Tina, boring. A little bit, a little bit of the Queenie and of the Queenie and Jacob drama of how badly there is a segregation thing between the nomadges or that's what they're called nomadges slash muggles and the wizarding world. And then the second half should be building up. Well, the second, well, the first half should be building up to Lita's story. The second half should be just Lita's story, her con- confrontation with Credence, her half brother also trying to hunt down the babe that what that grew to be 
um, I forget his name now, that ended up growing up to be Lestrange's son, and so on and so forth, and then the attack from Grindelwald building his cult. Um, I just feel like that's where it should have went into two movies, because that way we're not being so thrusted into so much story in a very small amount of time. But nonetheless, we got what we got, and I like it. I still like it. I just think I was more in love with it when it first came out. And after the movie released, the beer goggles came off a bit, and I was like, oh, okay, you know what? Maybe this wasn't as great as I originally thought it was. So, yeah, let's hope JK kind of learned her lesson from this and will keep it a, a slightly more simplistic story for The Secrets of Dumbledore. That is slated to be released on April 15th, 2022. And I'm hoping also by then she's made some wiser decisions and anybody in the LGBTQ community knows exactly what I'm talking about. Um, And this will also be a very big topic in the next episode that gets released. But if you're like me and you're kind of separating art from artist, I still do love Harry Potter. I love the Fantastic Beasts franchise. I've done cosplay for both. I have done a Little Lestrange cosplay. I do cosplay as a Ravenclaw student because... Word up to Ravenclaw is my house. Word up to Slytherin, which is my second house. But yeah, man, I can't validate supporting JK in a way where she makes money knowing her beliefs about the trans community. So I'm not I'm gonna stop digging that hole for now. But yes, guys, if you're interested, there is no trailer as far as I know. It was just an announcement that the movie got released. If you want to dig into that any further, it is Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore to be released on April 15th, 2022. And if you're like me, be super stoked to keep the magic going. And with that, guys, we're going to take a quick break, but we will return with more from the podcast after we have a word from our sponsors. All right, guys, welcome back. So real quickly, let's go ahead and review the last episodes of American Horror Story Season 10 or as this one's being called, American Horror Story Red Tide. I think I already gave a pretty brief synopsis and review of the first two episodes, episode one being called Cape Fear, and episode two being called Pale. And I'm not 100% sure if I went over episode three first, but let's go ahead and talk about it a little bit. So the brief synopsis is basically there's a pill that can enhance anybody who has any artistic abilities whether you paint or you're a writer etc and if you're truly talented the pill enhances you to be the best of the best however if you have no talent the pill essentially makes you become the pale faced or these creatures of habit that kind of want to just feed off of other humans or corpses to sustain blood but also in on the other edge of that sword you also become if you if you are considered talented and the pill enhances your abilities you also have to sustain blood preferably fresh blood to continue to have the great talent and it i felt like this story was a little contrived in the way of shouldn't you just have to take the pill to be amazing and great why is it just limited to why is it you got to do something extra and that's feed on blood 
because then you still have to keep taking the pill too so it doesn't make sense you know it should be just it i don't know i feel like that part was not thoroughly thought out super well but anywho we'll jump into episode four five and six episode four called blood buffet which is basically how this all got started and it takes the the point of view of the chemist who worked with NASA on some kind of space project where in which it enhanced durability and they were doing testing on animals and such and it's worked ish but she wanted human studies and one of the first was the author Bella who wrote trashy romance novels but her husband didn't think she was worth a shit and she wanted to give her a chance to experience greatness so she was the first guinea pig of sorts to try the pill and launched her into super stardom but then after Belle's experience of using the pills at some point in this she met Austin it doesn't really clarify that 100% really really well but it also goes into depth how the chemist met Macaulay Culkin's character and how he tried to persuade his friend his hobo friend played by Sarah Paulson into trying to take the pill as well, which um, episode, I can't remember if it was two or three left on a cliffhanger of Macaulay Culkin's character taking the pill. And we didn't know hundred percent what his outcome would be, but sure enough, he does take the pill. He becomes wildly successful in his writing and he encourages his friend to take the pill under dire circumstances. Now, there is a conclusion to these characters. I feel like I'm not at liberty to spoil it for you. But basically by the end of episode five, Gaslight, um, the mother character played by Lily Rabe does give birth to her child. And it's already showing that there are effects that are... She's becoming more apparently known that she's becoming aware sorry she's becoming aware of her husband is taking something that is causing him to excel but also so is her daughter and she's picking up on all the cues and such then harry her husband uh his publicist comes to stay with them and honestly i've I've known i've recognized this woman from american horror story 1984 and she was really fucking good i love her zero to 60 bullshit that she pulls. And as a very vain, very materialistic Hollywood agent, she's good. I really, really enjoy her in this. And then of course the the latest episode being episode six, winter kills in which all of this comes to a head. And I dare say you could say that's the first half of season 10 as this was also called American Horror Story Double Feature. So there is going to be a part two to this season that may not just be called American Horror Story Red Tide. But I'm not going to spoil the ending of season of Winter Kills, which is the last episode so far in season 10. And I feel like it just concludes the first half of that double feature story. Now, in terms of will both seasons um, connect? Who knows? Oh, both parts of the season, I mean. Will they connect? I'm not 100% sure. But so far from what I've seen, this was a really good season. Um, I'm not 100% sure if I like it more than 1984 season 9. But season 10 thus far has been really, really good. We're only at the halfway point, And I'm really looking forward to what 
the what the rest of season 10 could be like. So if you have uh, cable at all, check it out on FX. Or if you're like me, you don't have cable, you you just have every streaming service under the sun, you can check it out on FX on Hulu. So guys, let's go ahead and talk about some really cool events that are coming up in the ensuing October, one of which is coming right up on October 2nd and 3rd, and that is the Salem Market. Um, I've went to the one last year. This was a really good way for you to get in touch and check out all of the cool Halloween vendors that sell some of your greatest things, some of the greatest Halloween and spooky merchandise you can ever find. Um, one of my personal favorites that'll be there this year is Love, Pain, and Stitches. It, you've probably seen their bags everywhere. They're so cool. They're so cute, and they're just so much fun to see. I've collected a few myself. I have four now. I'm probably going to have more before, the t before this is all over with. But yeah, in the upcoming Salem's Market, there's going to be vendors from um, companies such as Monster Posse, Glad Racket, Fox Blood, Strange Cult, which makes some of the coolest shoes you could ever find. Curtis Rekovich, Coolsville, Pentacool Artist, Best Friends, Artist Abe, The Crafter Squad, Monster Tees, The Pindies, Steffi's Doodles, The Fester, Dark Light Clothing, which has some really cool goth, um, Disneyland-themed goth clothing, even a lot of stuff that supports the LGBTQ, Creep Cake, Craftsylvania, Little Monsters Boutique, Monsterville, MM Bath & Body, where I've gotten some of my bath bombs before, Monster Creations, which I have some of the decor on my wall is from them. Like, I have a witch hat from them that says the witching hour is near and it's a place for your key rings. They're super cool. Save the Pandas. Black Magic Cakery, which I love them. If you ever wanted a spooky gothic birthday cake, they are the people to go to. Lucky Hellcat, Abby Bell, Tino Evil, Bloodlust Creatures, Rattlehead Crafts, Angel of Death Creations, Creepville 666, which is a good place to pick up your rockabilly and gothabilly merch. Also sponsored by Elvira. Sweet Siren Designs, Discount Cemetery, Little Paper Cuties, MM Deco, Drawing Mama, Moonlit Company, A Izzy Creations, Rotten Glam, Danny Spooky Treats, Mama Dog Collars, Lebonite by Beatrice, Lonely Loomis, Caffeinated Coven Company, which makes a really amazing coffee, Moontrip Market, Handmade by Kitten Frost, La Dama Luna, Pinhead Monsters, Esme Made, witchcraft little house of horrors cursed creatures and frightful fox productions that's a huge huge market of people coming to the salem market i have tickets to be there for october 2nd which i'm going to enjoy and if you're if you have any kids 12 and under they are free it is an outdoor event but masks are a hundred percent mandate mandatory for this event it is at 11551 trask avenue in garden grove Area code 92843. There's vendors, there's photo ops, there's live music. It's going to be a real fun event. Tickets are as cheap as $7 per day. It's absolutely worth it to go and check them out. Bring your wallet. And also, in other cool events that are also coming up, is over at the Sugar Mint Gallery in Pasadena. And what they are doing on October 9th, I believe tickets are still available 
right now is a Halloween signing. If you're like me and Michael Myers is your absolute favorite of the Titans of Terror, then this is something you absolutely cannot miss out on. And that is Halloween signing with Nick Castle, the original shape himself, the original Michael Myers, PJ Souls, one of the victims, um, one of the victims in the original 1978 Halloween. Um, then William, I'm so sorry, I'm mispronouncing his name. William Sandin, who played the child version of Michael Myers at the very beginning of Halloween. And James Jude Courtney, who plays the new Michael Myers in the 2018 Halloween, the upcoming Halloween Kills, and the latest that it will be the end of the trilogy, Halloween Ends. Your girl is going to be there. She has her tickets. She is ready to do this signing, especially to get signatures by all of the of all of the cast members including PJ Souls who played Linda oh man what is her last name it was Linda Vanderclock I believe was her last name and she was the victim that was killed by the telephone strangulation with Michael Myers hiding under the sheet and sunglass and uh, glasses and of course like it's it's everything you could ever ask for like, of course, we don't have every single person who's been underneath the shape mask, but to get the first and the last is everything. Like, you have to absolutely... Excuse me. Excuse me, guys. You absolutely have to be there. Tickets are already on sale right now if you want to check them out at sugarmint.com slash our shop. Go to their events page and buy your tickets there. The price of admission into the event does not um include the price of the signatures those will become those will be separate just to keep that in mind and of course because it is under LA county rules mask mandates are mandatory so if you get the chance go and check that out at sugarmint and lastly we're going to go ahead and talk about an event that's not here in California but you shouldn't miss out on it nonetheless is the endless night vampire masquerade ball and this year, their next one coming up is going to be at the House of Blues in New Orleans. This is going to be on October 30th, Devil's Night, 2021. And it is simply titled the New Orleans Vampire Ball Samhain, which when you see it written says Sam Hain, but it's pronounced Samhain. This is a beautiful event. I've been to the one here in Los Angeles. Um, I haven't been to one in a while, so I don't know how frequently they're still doing these. But it is a beautiful event to get dressed up to the nines and just go stretch your stuff and get to meet other fellow vampires and goths in your community. Actually, let me take that back. I do believe the last one was in 20, I believe it was 2019, um, was the Vampire Ball and the Crew Shadows had played that concert. It was the first time I had ever seen the Crew Shadows live after being a fan of theirs for easily 15 years. And got a, and not only that, got to meet the band, I got to meet Joanna Moresco, who is their violinist, and she is a straight goddess. This woman is nothing short of amazing and awfully kind. So if you guys get the chance, go out and check out EndlessNight.com to check out tickets towards going to the New Orleans Vampire Ball Samhain. So real quick, you guys, I want to give you an update 
from Instagram Sluts for All. And they gave us a, what they call a guide to a spooky night in. Our favorite Halloween shows plus movies streaming on Netflix, Disney Plus, HBO Max, Hulu, and Amazon in fall of 2021. So without further ado, let's go for their listing of Halloween goodies you can't miss out on. From Disney Plus, it's Hocus Pocus, Halloween Town, all four movies, Nightmare Before Christmas, Twitches 1 and 2, Haunted Mansion, Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire, Don't Look Under the Bed, Frankenweenie, Phantom of the Megaplex, The Adventure of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, The Scream Team, Trick or Treat, and Mickey Mouse, Lonesome Ghosts. On Netflix, they have Monster House, Paranorman, Goosebumps, Sabrina, Fear Street, The Twilight Saga, American Horror Story, The Strangers, The Strangers Pray at Night, The Vampire Diaries, The Conjuring 1 and 2, The Haunting of Hill House, The Haunting of Bly Manor, and Insidious. From HBO Max, we have The Craft, Practical Magic, Harry Potter, all eight films, Screams 1, 2, and 3, Scooby-Doo, The Witches, The Shining, Scary Movie 1 through 3, Malignant, only until October 10th, Andy Muschietti's It, True Blood, Dark Shadows, The Conjuring, the first one only, and Poltergeist. For Hulu, we have Corpse Bride, Edward Scissorhands, The Addams Family, 2019, American Horror Story, All Seasons, Scream Queens, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, The Almond, The Ring, The Grudge, Stephen King's It, 1990, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and Castle Rock. And lastly, for Amazon Prime, we have The Love Witch, Coraline, Beetlejuice, Hotel Transylvania 1, 2, and 3, The Halloween Franchise, Candyman, Jennifer's Body, Cabin in the Wood, Cabin in the Woods, Warm Bodies, Van Helsing, Creature from the Black Lagoon, Jeepers Creatures 1, Jeepers Creepers 1 and 2, and The Monster Squad. So thank you to Sluts for All's Instagram page for giving us an update on all the spooky movies that we absolutely cannot miss out on in the month of October. And that's it, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in on tonight's episode. Like I said earlier, I know I said that I wasn't going to be releasing an episode this week, but there were so many new, amazing, spooky, and Halloween-themed events that were coming up that I felt like I had to make a mention of it. And to wait another week would have been a little too late. So... Surprise episode. Thank you guys for tuning in for it. Uh, And like I said, there will not be another episode until Sunday, October 10th. Um, Just because I have other obligations I need to get to and I have some other things I need to attend to. And none of them bad, just I will be busy. But thank you nonetheless. And as always, you can find me on any of my social media. My Twitter is MoonchildNil. My TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube are MorningstarMoonchild. Go ahead and give them a like, subscribe, follow, and a share if you like any of the content that I do. Now, if you don't mind me, I haven't watched the new uh, Elvira series that is going to be hitting on Shudder. Also, congratulations to Cassandra Peterson for finally officially coming out as a lesbian and having a female partner for the last 19 years. Who knew, right? And another quick shout out I want to do is... I've been going to Halloween Horror Nights pretty frequently these last few weekends, and I've noticed people been doing and saying incredibly rude and hurtful things to some of our performers, guys. Please don't be that person. 
Keep that little dick energy at home. Do not bring it and teach your performers out there like shit. They are doing their best to caper and entertain you. So sticking your flash on your phone right in their face is super disrespectful. Going into any of the mazes with the flash on is super disrespectful. And trying to one-up and scare some of the scare performers when that's their job is super fucking disrespectful. Please, guys, we enjoy these things. These are privileges and not rights. Do not ruin it for the rest of us. Now, with that being said, I want you guys to all go out there, be safe and have fun and enjoy the spooky season that is to come now that we are officially in fall season. With that, guys, I'll look forward to giving you guys another episode on October 10th. Till then, spread kindness. It costs nothing. Stay safe and blessed be.